Hey there, folks. Episode number 33 of the Uticast. You know, I was out to lunch today and somebody asked me, like, oh, yeah, you know, the podcast. Like, what are you guys on? Like, episode nine now? Yeah. And I was like, geez. <laughs> so I can tell you don't listen. Uh, no. If you did listen, you'd know we're in the mid-30s. And uh, well, you wouldn't know that this week's guests are AJ Spado and Keith Redwood of the brand new Woodland Fermentation Brewery in Marcy, New York. Uh, we spent a nice time having a conversation with them a couple weeks ago, and we're going to share that with you folks. Uh, you want to just do it? Just dive right in. Boom. Which of the two events was more depressing yesterday? Was it watching Coldplay at halftime get totally stunted on by Bruno Mars and Beyonce, or was it having to actually watch the Super Bowl proper? Uh, I don't even know. The game was terrible. It was bad. Terrible game. But the halftime show was great. Coldplay was good. Bruno Mars was good. Beyonce was good. <laughs> Everybody did fine. I saw we were uh We were good. I guess. On uh, our yeah. live cast. I forget that we live cast the oh, halftime show. Yeah, yeah, the not so super super. Dude, they Bowl were, we show. had a hundred people tuned in, which is crazy. A hundred unique visitors. Yes, a hundred unique visitors, and if they uh happened to sit through any of it, from what I was told, a lot of talking over each other. I figured there would be. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what the hell Parkinson's plan was when he's like, no. Yeah, we'll just give twelve people <laughs> microphones and hope for the best. Um, I mean, well, listen, we're seasoned professionals. We do this every week, but everybody else just screaming and yelling over each other. No, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, especially once we gave our, our good friend of the podcast and friend of real life, uh, Fishmonger Steve Anderson, a microphone. We knew that was trouble. Yeah, you knew it was yeah. going to be tight. It, it was just, it was a lot of people who aren't normally on the air trying to get over on each other. Yes. It's pretty much all that yeah. was going on. Podcasting is not something that you can just do, guys. Dude, it, you know, here's the thing. Like, we started a podcast, but now Justin Parkinson is trying to live stream every moment of our lives. I feel <laughs> I, like everything we do I is know. a game. Let's broadcast it live. Let's live stream. <laughs> There's certain hey, things. Hey, can I set up three cameras in your living room? There's certain things that people don't need to see. we got to draw the line. They certainly don't need to see me in my sweatshirt curled up on Indian style on my recliner while watching the Super Bowl. No one wants to see that. No. It wasn't like we were sitting behind a desk. That'd be interesting, right? No, it was like... 12 people. What does he think? Why does he think people care? And you notice he uh, doesn't go on these shows. He no, always sits behind the no. camera. I think it's all an elaborate prank. He's putting us all in a fishbowl when like Ed he, Harris in the Truman Show. When he comes on uh, next segment, we'll um, we'll ask him why. Oh, so his he's plan on was. next segment. Does that mean no Higgins this week? Yeah, no Higgins this week. Higgins oh. is, in, uh, is in a meeting at work, she told me, so she will not be able to make it. But... We have big plans tomorrow for a future uh, a future special guest interview. So we'll I'll, I'll leave it at that, and we'll tease that for next. Higgins week. Higgins is the the catalyst to those plans. Higgins is the catalyst to those plans, which is why I will not announce them until we actually have them. Okay. On stone. So uh, let's see what can we talk about from last week. My um, my job hunt continues. I have been in the process of sending out job applications. I have one job specifically I'm very excited to send the application for. Oh, yeah? Tonight. That's good news. We'll talk about that off That's the good air. news. Do you ever feel like when it comes to, like, job, I've never really 
been on a job hunt where I'm like, I need to go right now and I got to send out to all these places and hope something comes in. Do you ever feel like you're just firing emails with attachments off into the void when you're yes. job hunting? Like all the just time. Firing off emails. Yeah. God knows if yeah. anybody's ever going to see them. Here's the thing. Most of the responses I get when I send out job applications tend to be places that, um, you know, like I did when I got this job that I that I have now, I got right. it through a job website, uh, indeed.com. Now, I sent out about six different, uh, six or seven different applications at the same time from indeed.com. This just happened to be the only one that responded to me uh, in a timely manner. But least. even with this one, didn't we? We got a buddy who works up there. Did that right. help, or was that a coincidence on this thing? Uh, I don't remember. That was probably a help. It Once I went on Indeed and noticed how many jobs that were listed for this company, right. and knowing how this company works, it actually doesn't seem like he did me all that much of a favor. Fair. Like, um, But that's neither here nor there. Well, because that's kind, of, that's kind of, you know, to my point of what I was saying, like, when it feels like you're just firing emails off into the void, even with that, even you know, even if our buddy said something like, hey, my friend Sam's going to be sending in a resume take a look or something like that mm-hmm. it almost it feels like to the point where you've got to almost know somebody to get your foot in the door because everybody's yeah. looking for jobs right you know not for nothing too like and this is what bothers me is like filling out resumes is it seems very dated right like mm-hmm. resumes in my impression were the thing you handed to somebody when you sat down to have a job interview with them right like you when you would sit down to talk to somebody like here's my resume I, I feel like, no, because they need to see it ahead of time to know if you're worth sitting down with, right? I guess, but... how? Because I mean, how do they get you otherwise? No, I know what you mean. How but do I'm they find out like, about you? Your job interview, your job resume should be a thing that supplants your, like, your credentials, right? Like, I feel like now you need to have a job resume that's at least impressive enough looking where people don't just stack it on a pile and say, we'll get to it later. Like, he's got to right. be... There's so many, like... And not for nothing, like we talked about this, when I was filling out this job resume, I'm looking at job, like uh, resume templates online because I don't even know what a proper resume is supposed to look like today. When I was learned, when yeah. I learned what to make a resume in 2006, right, 2007, right, we didn't even have half the computer technology we have today to produce like a really nice looking. No, it's true. You saw mine. I mean, mine's a phenomenal document. You could hang mine on the wall. It's very fancy. It's beautiful. Uh, and you look back at my resume from when I first made it. It looks like it was made on Microsoft Word in 2007 yeah. because it was. So I feel like I need to do like a second late era job resume class, right? I, You know, I had, I used a website and I don't remember the name of it. Erin Higgins would remember because she was uh, actually a huge help when I was putting my I'll together. ask her next month when she shows up. Yeah, if she, if she ever, if we ever see her face again, I would ask her. She was very helpful. It's something that she's done a lot in college. So yeah. she would be the person. Anybody out there listening to the show, if you can ever get a hold of Erin Higgins, she'd be more than happy to help you with your resume, your cover letter. <laughs> Any job-based services you might have, she'll sing the national anthem at your house. Just Poorly. get at get at her on Twitter, Aaron Newshoes. Aaron Newshoes, she's great people. Uh, unfortunately, she's not here today, so we are stuck with Justin Parkinson. And, you know, um, you feel like it, it's always the default. When she's not here, we just slap Parkinson on. There has to be somebody else. I saw a guy outside taking cans out of the recycling bin. Did you give him the rest of the cans we have? We have tons of cans. I, you know, I didn't give him cans. But we should put them on the air instead of Parkinson. <laughs> My point is, I'll take a man collecting uh, cans off the street. Well, Parkinson seems to be on his way down here. So before we get into him, I do want to shout out quickly our good friends at the Signal, uh, John Howard. Uh, follow him at We Are the Signal on Twitter. Um, I may or may not have been involved with a in an article that he produced a couple, uh, I guess about a week ago today, right? 
I don't know when he about bitched. a week ago. About a week Sorry. ago. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's got definitely within last week about an article that he posted about uh, Barnes and Noble uh, possibly selling alcohol right at their stores. Right. So uh, I may or may not have been involved with this article. So if you get a chance and you want to, we support, talked about this a little on the show last week. We? How this thing was coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's out now. So check out. We are the signal on Twitter. Uh, the signal. Is it we are the twi- we are the signal. We are the signal everywhere. We yeah. are the signal. We are the signal. Uh, great article about uh, Barnes and Noble. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, despite the fact yeah, that so, I'm involved. Yeah, we are. We weren't fully talking about what happened. We talked about it last week, but basically, Sam, you, uh, the Maiden Utica team, a couple other miscellaneous folks. Yeah. Or I think it was actually just Maiden Utica team. Um, all got drunk. And then went to Barnes and Noble <laughs> to talk about how you felt about being at Barnes and Noble while drunk and how it changed your experience. I, it's definitely a funny article. Can I say that for all this talk about everyone being drunk, there was only one person who was legitimately out of their drunken comfort zone, and his name was me. I was the only <laughs> <laughs> because I was under the impression when this was set up to me that we needed to be drunk for it because that's the like absolutely just like hammered, not hammered, but drunk enough to be like ah, I'm drunk. Right? right. What I mean, like. Not buzzed. So instead of drinking three or four or six beers like some of these normals did. That's what you're saying. I went out and <laughs> got a bottle of Clan McGregor scotch. Two weeks in a row with a Clan McGregor shout out. We Clan should get a sponsorship, McGregor. I think. From Clan McGregor? Yeah. No. Hey, you know what? No thanks. So remember, yeah, I was going to say no. Uh, so when you read that article, uh, just remember the S stands for Sam, but it also stands for scotched up. Deeply, deeply scotched up. Oh, first segment, and I quit. There we go. Let's take a break. We'll come back, uh, talk about some bigger stories in this. Thank you very much. Justin Parkinson, back in the building. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Super Bowl hangover, maybe. Yeah, how about it? Is it, you know, we didn't really, we didn't even really drink that much last night or party. We didn't have a party. It was like, the bore of the game. It, it, put, us, it, it put me to sleep, and I'm just waking up to right now. It also, to be fair, it, it, may, it may have partially been a food coma as well. True, yeah. true. Let's not get too far into soup, but I want to save that for a little bit, though, because we want to talk Joy, about... Joy, I hope it's more exciting than I wanna, the game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I want to talk about something that happened earlier this week that I thought was crazy. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to get into the whole story, but apparently there was a stabbing at local Utica bar shots on oh, Street. Oh, I'll tell that whole story. Oh, you have the story? Pretty much. Oh, uh, let's hear it. From working in the general Varick Street area, I tend to hear a lot of things on the street. Apparently what had happened is there was an altercation inside earlier in the night, and it was about 1 o'clock, and so the staff at shots, just like, everybody's got to get out after this fight. They cleared everybody out, and it went into the street, and the fight escalated. About the specific stabbing, I don't know. I do know the kid that it happened to was... They didn't release his age, but I was taking a look. I'm pretty sure he's not even 21. 19 he's like a, the article. He's like a 19-year-old kid, yeah. which is a really, really, really bad look for shots to have underage kids getting stabbed outside your bar. Probably better off than having it have happened inside because they can say, well, you can't prove he was in here. But right. 
writing seems to be on the wall with that one. Poor kid. I'm glad he's okay. Kid's going to make a full recovery. Yeah. There was an update actually today on it that came out from the OD. Um, the victim, Zachary Hess, was 19. Jesus. Oof. Uh, it says the investigation is ongoing with questions whether the incident involved underage drinking said he couldn't comment. Uh, however, they did find him. He wasn't on in the bar when he was stabbed. They found him on the street. Yeah, he was outside. So, you know, look, no jokes here. Getting stabbed's got to be the worst. The like, worst. the absolute worst. But I was thinking about this. <laughs> There's probably not that many places I would rather not get stabbed than Ver- get stabbed than Varick Street. I'm not trying to get stabbed on Varick Street. Where are you trying to get stabbed? Hospital parking lot. <laughs> um, someplace in very close proximity to healthcare. Like a consequential thing, right? So had you not been out. On Varick Street at 19 years old, you may not have been stabbed, right? So obey the law and no, you'll be fine. you know what though? Here's <laughs> I have no sympathy. Here's my thing: like you see, the, you see these. Whenever something like this happens, you see these people, and you guys know the type. These people who are just like gleeful about the opportunity to talk trash about anything that makes them feel like they're better than somebody else, being like, "Oh yeah, look, surprise, surprise! All the scumbags on Varick Street, and this kid got stabbed in Utica. Such trash! Rah rah." And you know the type you see these people on Facebook, and they're so happy to have something to complain about. But, like, this is a very, very isolated incident. I'm 30 years old. I've been going out to, you know, living in Utica. When I'm living in Utica, I've been going out to Varick Street and other local bars for 10 years now. I've never really seen anything like this happen. Like, I saw some people commenting on, like, the OD article, like... That's why I would never walk down that street if I wasn't armed. This is coming from <laughs> yeah, sc- like that's just scared, scared old white ladies that's and stuff. Insane, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like you need to be armed, and this is what happens. They're probably all on drugs, and it's just those are the type of people you don't need down there anyway. So if yeah, anything, right? if it keeps yeah. the people who normally wouldn't spend money down there away. Then whatever. to be fair, I try very hard to not walk down that street unless I'm armed as well with sunglasses <laughs> so that no one can see me and I can pretend that I don't see you when I walk down the street. So, uh... You not, heard, you heard it here first, listeners. If you ever see uh, your boy Sam Fam walking down Varick Street with the sunglasses on, don't talk to him. Don't talk to me. Because he's not uh, talking to you. <laughs> I can tell you, the Super Bowl hangover, I'm very salty today. I've been very, um, I've been very salty all day today and I don't know why. I had a good day. Uh, I, I can tell why I was salty. But in spite of everything. <laughs> Alright, so it got me thinking, though, um... This is a question that gets brought up all the time, a very common question. Uh, you'd rather be shot than stabbed, correct? Where are you getting stabbed? Where am I being shot? Irrelevant. In general, you're taking a non-lethal wound. Would you rather be shot or stabbed? I feel like stabbed is much worse. And I'll tell you why. It's intimate. Someone's got to get up real close to you. Got to get up all in your personal space. I feel like you can get shot by accident. Yeah. Did you mean like oh, you could be stabbed by accident too? <laughs> but no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I mean, I feel like yeah, if you're gonna come out with, if you know you're gonna come out alive from either one, and you know that you're gonna have no like lasting permanent damage repercussions minus a scar, yeah, I'd much rather get shot. Like I'd rather get shot in the arm than get like my face slashed. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred thousand percent. I'd rather be stabbed by Ray Lewis but shot by Aaron Hernandez. Wow. How does that sound? <laughs> Very topical. That, so, that, sound, that sounds like bait. <laughs> that sounds like bait. Is, so do uh, we have anything that doesn't have to do with, like, bloody, gory, dismemberment, disembowelment, getting shot, stabbed, murdered? 
Well, we have more stories about the hospital. Segway. Okay. So that's kind of... That's a pretty good segue. It kind of segues in. Uh, and this actually ties <laughs> Did into... Did I steal your thunder on a, on a tight segue you had planned right now? No, that was good. That was okay. good. How quick okay. would the ride have been from Varick Street down to the new hospital? <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> if there was, If there was a new hospital, <laughs> they could have just walked, walked there. Yeah. Uh, but this is uh, an update on some information. This was uh, posted on February 7th. Um, Governor Cuomo has yet to commit any funding to the project about the hospital, about building a new hospital, despite his staff's assurances to local officials at a meeting on January 20th that he would fully commit to seeing the hospital built. Now, any changes to the proposed fiscal year 2017 budget are due this Friday. So presumably, if they're going to, you know, if they're going to do anything about it, it has to be done before Friday. So we have an answer on Friday? Is that what you're telling me? I imagine no. No. We'll probably not have an answer on Friday. Uh, I guess what my question is, should we be concerned that this hospital is becoming all talk and no action? Mm. Yeah, of course. Of course. Right? That's, that's a That's a pervasive problem of something that happened. Think about it. Even when we started, Justin, when we started Made in Utica, we talked about this, and you hadn't been here for as long as I had. You didn't grow up here. But I told you, there's going to be a, there's a huge sediment of people here who, partially because of what they've experienced over the last 20, 25 mm-hmm. years in this city, but there's a lot of people who are going to take action and that are like, you know, just talk it up and then not take action. Right, right. So yeah, people are terrified that this is going to be one of those things that talked up is the great maybe and then they leave that horrible banged up block down there on Lafayette yeah, Street. Yeah, and I don't think the... I don't know. I don't think the hospital is the end-all, be-all. I think it's a quick no. um, economic boost. It's a place where you can employ a lot of people. It makes sense for the amount of uh, a space down there. But I don't I don't know. I, I would rather just have a definitive answer than go. So I guess more or less versus the political runaround versus people's dash getting hope. You know, hope's getting dashed. I mean, yeah, I yeah. would rather not have the old typical political runaround again where the people were trying to work out deals to get things done versus someone being disappointed because they didn't uh, cut some deal to, to get this this in place. So, I mean, politically, if it makes sense where we don't have to sell our souls to get this hospital, don't go back to that old-time, you know, Utica politics like that just to get deals done. You know? Right, right. And this is what it kind of smells of, is we don't need to be, you know... Kiss, I don't know, shaking hands and... One hand doesn't have to wash the other, is what you're implying. Um, there is a health, health department spokesman who was quoted as saying that the governor remains committed to this project and the Department of Health has met and will continue to meet with the Mohawk Valley Hospital System to discuss their plan. A uh, very vague answer in yeah. its own right. Within two days, preferably. Is being, <laughs> is, being, deadline, but. is being a politician just about being vague? Is 100%. that like a huge portion 100%. of it? Yep. Being vague so nobody can come back and take your words that you said. Yep. That's <sighs> why so I do my, my job all my, day. My, that's, my favorite guy, uh, Mr. Hanna, who's just retiring, always was one of those guys who I thought was a very... Um, just kind of go with the flow type of guy. Never really... Nothing can come back and get you that way. And he, he stayed in for a little bit and he can kind of retire mm. with... No consequence, no scandal, no nothing like that. So it seems like kind of pars the well, course, that's a, right? That, you know, like that's a businessman that went in and did the job for like, you know, four, six, eight years, right. whatever it was. That's not like a very Well, true, but very just right down the middle. And know? that's why, you know, a lot of politicians do just sort of talk junk and don't really say anything that has any substance. And that's why people possible. <laughs> that's why people respond so strongly when a politician comes along who does seem to be meaning every single thing that they're saying and does seem to be speaking genuinely. And that's why you see people pop so hard for a guy like a Bernie Sanders. Speaking of Bernie Sanders... Segway. Segway. <laughs> uh, there is, um, so, 
There had been some discussion. I don't know how true this ever was. Even when the article came out, we weren't really sure if it was going to happen. But there has been discussion casually around town that there is a potential for a Bernie Sanders appearance in Utica, presumably somewhere around March 6th, which would be an opening in his campaign. Uh, his campaign. You know what it is? Right. They're going to put him in the hospital they're about to build because he's old. <laughs> wow. Great. Um, Such productive conversation. <laughs> when you're here now, the initial thought that I had heard was that they were thinking about certainly doing it at the odd, which would be awesome if you could get Bernie Sanders to do a political rally at the odd uh, to get people to vote for him. I would definitely go. Uh, part of me feels like that's probably not going to happen. I feel like if that was going to happen, it would have been made into a bigger deal by now. If a, if a sitting presidential candidate was coming to Utica, we probably would have heard of it less than a month in advance. So my, my thought is this is probably bogus. But I guess my question is, if you could have a politician come to Utica that you'd be excited for, is Bernie the guy or are you hoping for somebody else? Ron Paul. <laughs> Great, Ron The original, Paul. the OG. This guy was doing the wild. Not crazy, I wouldn't say. But at least, I mean, the offbeat, like, I mean... Uh, so you're saying you want it wild and a little crazy. Well, a mean, lot. just the outside-of-the-box guy, I feel like, um, for me, I, I was a big Ron Paul supporter. Not even party, like I said. I just liked the guy who was libertarian yeah, yeah. at the core and would say what he wanted to, use his record as, as, as a backup or whatever. Um, he just wasn't big enough, you know, within the political circle, congressman, you know, that type of deal. Not enough money and, and things like that. And a little wacky, but... Um, I, I would be more interested in Ron Paul, I think, yeah. Yeah, I see, I'd love to hear Bernie Sanders come talk. I just feel like, I don't I don't know if Bernie Sanders is pulling the kind of crowd that Hillary Clinton's pulling. That being said... Are you kidding? In New York in particular. He's lapping Hillary everywhere they go. He's, really? He's bombing Hillary out of town every place he goes. Even in New York? New York might be a little bit different because she was the she moved here to be senator for a right. little bit. But no, probably not. He's She can't pull anybody to her rallies. He's pulling unprecedented numbers of well, people that, everywhere he goes. That ties into what you're talking about. And this is actually something I said about Paul Mary when we met him for the interview. One of the things that struck me about Paul Mary is when you have a conversation with him, he doesn't necessarily come off like a politician. He comes off like a guy you can have a conversation with. Well, and I think that that might be a bit of a difference too when it comes to, you know, a smaller city like Utica politics because like I remember Mayor Paul Mary because when I was in high school, he coached the girls basketball team. Right. You know what I mean? So, right, like, right, that's right. kind of... Bernie, though, does seem to have this way of speaking to people that is very, I don't want to say inclusive, but it seems to draw a wider range of people because he doesn't seem like a career politician well, the way that somebody like, uh, even Hillary, who I like, does seem like she's played the game for so long. Yeah, yeah no, she's, I mean, she's, I, Hillary, it's too bad because if she wins the nomination, I'm, I'm going to have to, I mean, my presidential vote doesn't matter in New York anyway. True. She's horrible. She's the damn devil, just like the rest of them. And I oh. think the reason that she is, I mean, if you, you look at, you know, everything she does, it's so disingenuous and there's no real plan. And like, she sits here and she's just like, vote for me because I, you should make me the first woman president. Cause I'm a woman. And like, that's a sexist thing in and of itself to be like, Hey, mm. vote for me just cause I'm a woman, but she doesn't have anything to really say. And she's completely in the pocket of all the big companies and the big banks and stuff like that. 
And, you know, she's going to keep us in this perpetual cycle of war. She's no different than any of the rest of the people on the other side of the aisle from her. Mm. Sanders is the only guy that's different. And that's why you're seeing so many young people come out is because young people in our generation are very sick of these politicians where you watch where it looks like they're just being like slippery dick up there on stage and saying whatever their focus group said they think would be the best. You can tell he means it. And I think that's why he's I don't getting the response he's getting. Take any Honestly, I, I tune out when Twitter explodes over these debates and just conversations about what Trump did. Like, I, I don't really think any of these guys are really genuine. There's an ultimate... Uh, prize at the end of it for everybody, Bernie Sanders included. But the problem really is, is that it's a two-party system is because there's a lot more people like Bernie Sanders that just can't make it up that that rank. Because then when you kind of negate, you have your own, within the Democrat Party, Hillary and Bernie are going to conflict each other on all sorts of things, even with the Republicans. And then when they come Republican versus Democrat, they're going to conflict even more. It's like you don't even get these people to get the the footing to even make well, a difference. Well, you know right what now, I think yeah. one of the tricks is you look at a guy like Sanders and he's been in Congress for something like 25, 35 years. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the trick is that, you know, one of the tough things about our political system, unless you want to do something locally and regionally, which I think is more important than national politics anyway, Indeed. as far as making a change. But, you know, with that type of stuff, you can get in a little bit later in life. But if your goal is to become like, you know, a congressman, like a long-standing congressman, I mean, you guys... Those guys are basically starting right from college. Like, they have that idea in their head when they're 20, 22, you know what I mean? If you if you all of a sudden got, you know, a bee in your bonnet about running up to be a congressman immediately, it's already kind of too late. And it sort of keeps regular people out of the process. Do you think... I don't want to stay too long in politics. We've already talked a lot about this, but... Good. Um, do you think we are far farther away than 50 years from having a new political party somewhere in here we we've con- we haven't always been democrats and republicans it's changed a lot since the beginning of our country right wigs yeah like the wig party yeah. or whatever like democrats today's republicans used to be called democrats no was it today's democrats used to be called republicans and the republicans from today are relatively new compared right, to what we right, had right 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 i guess my question is are we going to see a change in the two party system at some point in time in the next 50 years do you think yeah yeah, we have so? to an extent Probably. in our lifetime. We got the independent ticket. Um, yeah, but that's back not with Ross Perot. And well, I mean, it's it's still we've gotten to experience we've an election where we could run. Well, I mean, but we've actually had a pretty, you know, we've had elections that have, have been changed because the independent was on there. I mean, like, yeah, um, they first, take yeah. votes away. You know what I mean? And so we actually we're I think it's very rare that we weren't voting at the time. Obviously, it was a long time ago. But to live through an election where you got that third candidate on, where just 15% of the vote can change the whole entire yeah. election. Yeah. At least that enough is yeah. to, uh, to show that people have a voice of not one or two. Um, but I, I think through hot take, I think there'd be more of a an overall upheaval of the system versus a new party just kind of tucking in with the standard mm. two. I think we're closer to an all-out revolt of the current way that forms yeah. into something new versus a, a party I think just kind of jumping you'll have, the, I think you'll have a better right answer now. to this question after November of this year as well. Oh, yeah. Got to see what plays out. Because I honestly think that for me, I lo- and don't get me wrong, I actually like Hillary. I think compared to a lot of the other Democrats, you know, there's not many other Democratic candidates, it's her and Bernie, really. Um, but, like, I would obviously choose Hillary over any of the Republican candidates if that's what it came down to. Certainly, mm-hmm. because I still relate to Hillary more than I relate to, you know, Jeb or Don. Rand but, Paul. Rand Paul's a good man, too. Rand Paul. You gotta go with those libertarians, uh, man. I guess my question is, I would vote for Bernie, though, because I trust that if I voted for Bernie and Bernie won, we would see an actual change. Even if it was a failure, you would see someone actually make an attempt to change something. I don't think you that's don't buy entirely it? true, no, because no? I think Obama came in under that... 
um, that premise of, but you still have to fight between no, other the, other uh, levels. I, of, I so know his wacky ideas have to get over with the Democrats and then have to get over over. I understand. Everybody. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying in the sense that. He would fight a lot of battles because, you know, he can come in. He's just the president. He can't change anything. He can change the discussion, and he can, you know, he can try to do things, but he would have to get through Congress, and that would be a big thing. But him and Obama don't really have too many similarities. Hang on. Him and Obama don't really have any similarities coming in because Obama was saying what he wanted to say, but he had no experience to know what it was going to be like when he got in there. Bernie Sanders has been in Congress for 35 years, so it's a different story. Obama, when it comes down to it, is a, is a centrist. He's right down the middle moderate. He's yeah. not a leftist at all. These people yeah. who talk about Obama's a socialist, he's a left-wing liberalist. No, he's really not. He's really, really not. You know, Sanders has a record, so although he would still face the same battles with getting his stuff through Congress, at least he's been there, right? Mm-hmm. I, I agree don't know. The same, my, take, my final take on this is that the same argument that was being made against Ron Paul when he was running, only a congressman, a little bit out there with his views, conflicting with the party he's running against. That was all reasons that supporters of Obama and then Republicans in there just pushed Paul away. And he hung around for two elections uh, through primaries to, to come through with the Romneys and Ron Paul. Like, that was a very impressive thing. But now we, we almost flip it and give that stuff that was negative to Ron Paul benefits to, to Bernie Sanders now. Of course. Ron Paul was the same way. Get in there. He's too wacky. His ideas will never go over, blah, blah, blah. It's just weird how... You know why. Because it's, it's a... Eight years we're later. on a show with a... Society's progressed. For Bernie Sanders, essentially. More... Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's... You know, everybody, everybody's gotten older. More younger people have gotten older and society progresses. That's how it works. Yeah. Stuff that seemed crazy eight years ago seems less crazy as time goes on. That's the way it's always worked since the beginning of time. Um, I can feel the burn. Can you feel the burn? You feeling the burn? What, me? Yes. Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. If you want to feel some more of the burn, check out his appearance on Saturday's Saturday Night Live, hosted by Larry David. He was actually quite funny on there. That was, that was fantastic. very impressive. Let's move on to this week's interview. Uh, we had a nice conversation with uh, the two two of the three gentlemen who are the uh, the founding owners of Woodland Brewery in Marcy, New York, 6002 Trenton Road, Marcy, New York, 13501. AJ Spado, Keith Redhead, they gave us about 15, 16 minutes of their time to talk about their brand new brewery, what they have planned, and what they're excited for. So uh, let's check out what they have to say. In the office here, because I, could, I definitely feel like I'm not supposed to be here. I feel like I'm doing something wrong by being here. Uh, but thank you guys for taking the time out of your uh, your day. We're up here at the Woodland Brewery here in Marcy, New York, up on 6002 Trenton Road, and I'm here with Keith Redhead and AJ Spano. Spano. Spado. Sorry about that. I, I don't know. I want to call you Spano. It's like it's the bread. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, you two gentlemen, are uh, are you guys owners here? Are you the brewmaster, uh, uh, Keith? Or we're two of the owners. Two of the owners. Um, I guess I'd be the head brewer. Head brewer. And uh, and what, do you, what would you say your your official title is, AJ? 
Uh, I kind of take care of a lot of the business end, tab business room set of stuff. Cool. El Presidente. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so it's you guys and one other gentleman as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call him a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I like it. Um, so you, were you guys friends before you started this business? Did you guys know each other for a long time, or did you guys come into couple this? Couple weeks, at least. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we had all taught together in Rome. Um, okay. For quite a few years, and always talked about beer, drank Luckily, beer. Yeah, we had the same lunch period, uh, the three of us for a few years oh, nice. together, and uh, that kind of probably was the spark to yeah get the whole beer conversation mm. brewing, drinking. Now, are you guys locally? You said you were teachers before you started this, but were you guys from the area originally, or are you guys transplants? Uh, AJ and I are both from Rome. You're from Rome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Nick's Binghamton, which isn't Binghamton. too far, but he I think he mm. would consider himself a Central New Yorker for sure. Now, so you yeah. guys, so you guys went to Rome uh, for I was up to high school, correct? Yeah. Did you guys go to college or did you go right into working? Uh, yeah, we both teach. All we both three teach. Of us teach. You all teach. So, so teaching. So you guys were all teaching. Were you guys teaching in Rome mm-hmm. all together? So I gotta ask, how did it go from you guys all being teachers to to getting the idea to open this this place, this Woodland Brewery here? Uh, there was a lot of like, like we were saying at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other couple people that had lunch with us were like, you guys are always talking about brewing and beer, and that's all you guys talk about. <laughs> so, well, what else do you want to talk about? So, we, Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we brewed together, and then Nick and Keith kind of went nuts brewing together every week. Yeah. And uh, we're always sharing beers and pulling mm. beers out of the cellar and talking about mm. you know, stuff along the lines. And you kind of kick around when you're brewing. Uh, Man, we should start a brewery. We should, you know, and... I think most home brewers kind of kicked that around sure. a little bit. And we just, um, last February break it was, we decided to take it to the next level and get serious with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of from there. Excellent. Now, i got to ask you guys, one of the things I'm always curious about with people, uh, especially people who have uh, a craft or a skill like this, um, was this something that you guys were taught how to do, or did you just have trial by error? Did you guys just want to be doing it and experimenting on your own? I did a... My first batch of beer was mm. over nine years ago. It was nice. just a kit with extract. You dump stuff in water, <laughs> boil it up, cool it down, add yeast. I thought that was pretty cool, mm. but uh, it wasn't enough. So I jumped to all grain brewing from there. And um, ever since, it's just been building and growing, um, creating my own recipes. Uh, met Nick, maybe what was it six years ago, we started teaching our own. Mm. So met Nick, and he kind of has like an engineering equipment mind. Right. So the two of us together kind of like were able to build on that whole process and really make it work. Well, uh, you guys were nice enough to let me uh, take a look around in the actual brew house, which is which is very lovely. Uh, the whole establishment you guys have up here is really really nice. nice. We uh, we came over on Sunday, me and uh, me and Kev, the other host of the show, and uh, you know we didn't we didn't quite know what to expect. I'd heard good things about it, but we sat down and we took a flight of all the beers that you guys had on tap at the moment. I think you only had the five. I see you put the simplify up today. I don't know if that's something just ten minutes ten ago. minutes ago <laughs> literally um but it's all it's very good man and I have to tell you uh you know I go to a lot of uh small brewing places and a lot of times the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the excitement to open a microbrewer or a smaller brewing company outweighs the fact that they don't exactly know what they're doing. I've gone to many places where the people are passionate and they love the idea of sure. opening this brewery, but you taste the product and you're like, you might have some work left to do. But I have to admit, and I drink a lot of beer, everything here was was very direct and it had a real specific 
like style you were going for, and I felt like it was really advanced in terms of a place that just opened. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. Or so I guess my question is, what was the first major beer that you guys were selling? What was the number one beer that you guys made here? Like this is the thing we have to start selling. Was there like a moment? Um, I mean, it wasn't like one beer that we mm. said we want to brew this beer to start the brewery with. Yeah. Um, when we started talking, we said we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, beers first, and we just kind of didn't skimp on anything like brewing wise, like temperature controlled fermentation, mm-hmm. and basically through the whole process, controlling temperature for yeast and uh, during the mash and all those steps is critical to being able to control um, what you want to get out of the beer. So we just didn't want to skimp anything to do beer-wise. And so it's not like we had one style. I mean, our goal is just we want to brew a different beer every week. Yeah. So it's just putting up the best beer that week that we can. Awesome, awesome. I love the wide spectrum of stuff you have out there. Um, Well, I guess guess another good question I've been thinking a lot about since I came over here this day. You know, um, I came over here on Sunday and it's a really it's a smaller it's a smaller building you have here. You guys really have a lot of stuff crammed in. But looking around, it seems like you guys are still just sort of scratching the surface for what you want from this building. What's oh, yeah. what's next for you guys? Are you guys thinking about food at some point in time? I see you have the tables. I don't know if you're doing food currently. Yeah. So we don't have the space to do a kitchen or anything right. like that. We we've been working with a couple of food trucks. Sure. Um, during the warmer months, which has been every month so far this winter. I know it's been great, um, hasn't it? <laughs> so during the warmer months, our goal is to have food trucks in almost every day if we could. Um, which is cool for us to be able to work with other local businesses who are putting out solid, uh, you know, efforts as, as far as starting their businesses and getting great quality food. So for us, it's kind of a win-win. If we get a food truck in, we help them out. They help us out. Um, a lot of them have the same craft mentality yeah. as us of like sure. trying new things and trying to put the best product out there and experimenting with different ingredients. And so it's a neat, um, relationship like in the brewery side, um, Brewery's just kind of like, I don't know. There's just a lot of cool people that are really eager to work together yeah. and help each other out. And a lot of these food trucks have that same mentality. So it, it's a real easy relationship to... Now, maybe I'm wrong. My assumption is you guys are not teaching anymore then. Uh, no, we're all still currently yeah. teaching full-time. You are teaching. So you're teaching full-time yeah. and you're doing this. Wow. Uh, I was going to say, it's got to be scary to like to, to leave one job to go to start this whole venture. But you guys are doing both. That's intense, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what a day off is like. But... <laughs> I slept for about half an hour last night, so it was good. <laughs> On the drive here. Yeah. How long have you guys actually, how long has this location been officially open? I wasn't, I was going to ask you guys when we had you here. But... Our official date when we were open to the public was January 8th, so it's just almost four weeks. This Friday will be four weeks. So a month on Friday. Friday yeah. Excellent. Wow. Which wow. is crazy to think about. It's really gone by fast. So let me ask you this. It's been a month since you guys have opened, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot about you since you opened, so I, obviously the, you know whatever kind of PR you're doing is working. How do you guys feel things have been since the month is open? Has it been better than you've expected? Has it been slower? I, all I'm going to say is enjoy this beer because we'll probably be closed on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, things have been going really well. Like We've had a, a solid mm-hmm. um, reaction from locals that have never had beer before that, are, that just come in and like, we've heard about you guys. I don't really like beer, but I figured I'd try it out and Pretty much everybody we've talked to like that has found something they loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also had a, a good following of people that are into craft beer come here and are also surprised, like you said, like, yeah. wow, this is your first beer and it's, mm. it doesn't well, taste It does. Like this. It's, yeah, you know, it's true, though. You know, I, I've been to a lot of small breweries yeah. and 
I always I love actually talking to people who work in the breweries. You know, we've we've had a history of going and talking to different breweries on the show. We've been up to Fulton Chain Lakes. Uh, we went up to Brooklyn Brewery a couple weeks ago, and that was that was something that's that's a different animal out there. But mm-hmm. I I just love the way that business tends to uh, tends to be done in breweries. It seems like the people who work there have this this very uh, excited spark for the business that they do, and you guys both seem like you're very excited to be, to have this this place. Is it is it really something that you you felt like you needed to do? Uh, it was always a dream. Like, oh yeah. I mean, from that first batch of beer I brewed, from maybe even the first craft beer I drank, it was always something like I want to do yeah. this. Yeah. We're always kicking around like anytime we brew together. Mm-hmm. If there's a different TV show on that was showing a different brewery or something, and we just it's one of those things you always just kind of throw out there. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because we really loved beer in general. So it was always kind of in the background and kind of one of those dream things that we just, I don't know. You just kind of, stuff doesn't happen unless you go for it. Exactly. You know, we decided, like, we're going to go for it. you got to go all in if you're going to go for it. And I'm really glad we did because it's, it's one of those things that like, people talk about all the time doing different things. And if you just don't go do it. It just never happens, Um, and we just kind of made it happen. You know, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, and I think it kind of relates to what you guys are talking about here a little bit. Uh, This area in particular, this region, whatever you want to call it, United County, Central New York, if you have a dream or you have something inside of you that you want to get out there, whether it's a business or a creative idea, no one's going to hand you the opportunity to do something. But if you can really get behind it and do something yourself, people will rally behind it. If people see that you're doing good work, they will be attracted to it because this region in general seems to really get behind what people are doing, especially what other local people are doing. You know, like we came here Sunday at one o'clock, and I couldn't believe how many people were here. I was I was blown away. I was like, wow, you know, it's, someone you guys are very clearly doing something right. So I I really respect that for you guys now. Now I have to ask you this question. I like to uh, I like to get the backstory. So you guys have this brewery. You guys knew each other going back all the way to Rome, right? Back when you were younger. What was the first beer you ever drank when you were young? Probably before you were allowed to drink, which we, we won't support that here on the show. But <laughs> it's a tough question, I know. Can we talk first, about the first craft first beer? Craft, craft, beer? Sure, first craft beer, yeah. It's fun. I mean, Saranac Black Forest was my first. Yes. That was definitely one of my first. I used to drink a lot of, once I turned 21, I used to drink yeah, a lot oh, yeah, of Newcastle at first. Oh, yeah. Like brown ales uh, and a lot of the Saranac beers. Because they had, I mean... I was 21 a while ago. Uh, there wasn't a ton still on the market of different craft beers. So, no. like, I know the first Kolsch that I drank mm. when I was probably like 21 and a half was Saranax. And, yeah. like, they put out a lot of different styles of beer. So, that's actually a really good point. I'm glad you brought up the Newcastle thing because I remember drinking Newcastle when I was younger and not understanding the concept of craft beers. I just thought it was different. Uh, a different beer. Actually, but, it had some flavor. Yeah, but really, in hindsight, like, you know, I started drinking, I'm, 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 I just turned 30. So for my last, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever it is, I really did watch the craft beer, you know, movement explode. It really is. It's intense. Do you guys expect to see other craft breweries looking at the success you guys have had since you opened start to in jump on yeah, in the area? Do you think there's going to be more coming in now? Or we, I mean, we've oh. talked about this. We hope so. Yeah. Uh, it, if we can start a trend here where people want to open a small brewery in the area it's, it's only going to be good for us if others follow suit mm-hmm. we'd love for central new york to be that craft brewing destination mm-hmm. for people to to come and not mm-hmm. just get one spot but 
multiple spots making work together. Yeah. yeah. People really go cool all over for that. craft beer. So if oh, we yeah. had another two, three, four yeah. in the Utica Rome area that people could stop that, um, mm. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, guys, it's been a month and you're feeling good about things, it seems like. Um, if you could project, what are you hoping business to be like a year from now? What would you like to see going on a year from now here? Uh, from, from my end, I, I'm really just looking at the beer. Sure. We're looking uh, in the next couple of weeks to start getting barrels in, to being able to do some barrel aging stuff. Nice. Um, so from what I see a year from now is a lot more barrel aged, some experimentation, maybe eventually some sours and some wild ales. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm picturing hopefully a year from now, like, experiment with as much as we can with cask ales, barrel aging, and I'm just hoping like a year from now, some of these people are like, maybe in a year, you know, all these different beers that I never tried before, you know, mm. I was really excited to have them, and uh, just to kind of have people try all these new things that we're doing every week, and uh Still coming back and, and enjoying the barrel. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe a, a a new craft culture in the area too. People would actually <laughs> be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I gotta say, we were here on when we were here on Sunday. I saw I saw something that made me very happy. I saw an older woman. She's got to be in her sixties, probably. Came in here by herself and ordered one of the sixty-four ounce growlers of like the Marcy Stout. And yeah. I said, "That woman's my spirit animal." I like this lady. <laughs> she just came in out of nowhere. She's like, she's like a little. I'm like, what's this lady doing buying 64 ounces of stout? I appreciate that woman. So I don't know who she was, but shout out to her. Uh, guys, I, I got to know who you're talking about. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah she, a lot. I, was so ex- I couldn't believe it. We, and we've had a lot of that, like opening up, expecting you know, people our age into craft beer. But it's been, we've ran the whole gamut as far as locals who had never, have beer, had, never had craft beer before. Mm-hmm. It's really been awesome to see the, the support people, like you said, rallying behind. Oh, yeah. People, people want something new. People want something awesome in the area. So to have that and people rally behind it is really, really, really pretty sweet. Now, um, I do want to thank you guys for giving me all this time. Uh, before we wrap up, i got to ask you, I know it's probably like choosing one of your favorite children. Of, of the beers you have out there right now, what would you say your favorite single beers you have out there right now are? I guess I'll start with you, Keith. Oh, goodness. Um, whatever's on cask. I saw my answer. <laughs> or, or Marcy Stout. Once that's gone, I'm probably going to cry a little bit. <laughs> i got to say, yeah. I'm very much enjoying this Marcy Stout. It's very cool. good. Yeah, the uh, cask scale is kind of tough to get places you go, and we're trying to do as much as we can with it. So I'd say three out of four pints that I, mm. I pull for myself is a cask scale for sure. Uh, gentlemen, where can people learn more about what you guys are doing in any upcoming events? You guys have a website, or um, I see you on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those under Woodland Beer, something of the... Yeah, and our website yeah. is woodlandbeer.com. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Keith, AJ, I really want to thank you guys for taking the time. To our listeners, we do really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with the business and continued success, and I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And we'll be back to the show in just a couple minutes. Thank you very 
much to AJ Spado and Keith Redhead from Woodland Brewery. You can follow them on Twitter at Woodland Beer. Do you think that that became Keith's last name because hundreds of years ago, whenever they're coming over on Ellis Island, whatever it is, like he had a relative who had a redhead, and they're like, yeah, that's that's John, John Redhead, that's him, and then Redhead became the family name? I assume it was something longer, like Redheadowski, and they probably had to change <laughs> it to make it seem more American when they got to Ellis Island. It would make sense who to know, who, I mean, who knows if they even came over through? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? A lot uh, of speculation here in the last segment of the Udcast, as always. <laughs> yeah, a lot of we love to speculate. All right, so we I, I put it off because I didn't want to start the show with it because it was such a snoozer, as I mentioned last night during our live cast. But let's talk about the Super Bowl. Final score, 24 to 10, I want to say was the final score. Yeah, who cares? Was it 24 to 10? Denver wins. Peyton Manning gets his second Super Bowl. I don't know if he retired. Did he no, retire? No, I don't think he will. No, uh, he said, I think he probably will. Yeah, but he's, well, it's going to time. He's not going to do it right after. Like, he won't do it. He said he said that he needs to take some time, talk to his family, this and that, but he's yeah. done. I yeah. mean, do, do you really need to take some time? You why just would, won the Super Bowl. You're 39 well, years he old wants and to, you got a noodle for an arm. No, no, he's going to. This is as good as it's no, going to no, no. get. For he's got to wait out the Super Bowl media cycle right. so that when he announces it's his retirement, he's the only story that's going on. Yeah, but if he had announced on field, he would have been the biggest story of the weekend. You know what? That wouldn't have been tough. Well, that's not even. No. You know what they did the day before the Super Bowl? They announced uh, like Brett Favre and all these guys into the Hall of Fame, and it carried over into the news cycle on the Sunday morning. So like, there's Brett Favre taking like interviews about how he's happy to be in the Hall of Fame and going in and stuff. It's like it's yeah. a really nice story, but do you need to do it? The, like absolutely in the cycle the because they have the no other story the day yeah, before the that's game. That's true. What story are they going to say? That's Two true. teams that nobody See, wanted or here to I play was a the terrible NFL, game. I would have demanded Peyton oh. announce his intentions before the game so I can sell the shit out of it because that's the only way that game was going to be good Let if me, people can tune in to see if it's the last one. Can I share a couple hot takes with you? Of course, always. All right, I'm going to use my one swear word for this episode. So, fuck Peyton Manning. Yep. Agreed. Let me tell you Ooh, why. You use the yeah, big yeah. one too. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Did you watch the end of his the end of that game last night? Budweiser with the Budweiser yeah. shield, and then he kissed Papa John right in the yeah. side of the cheek on camera. Yeah, you just had one of the most defining career moments any player could have. You won the Super Bowl in the last game you'll ever play yeah, after being You're a two-time year, champion. Yeah. All you had to do was come out and be like, "This is one of the greatest moments of my life." I feel so blessed that I could be here. Instead, you're like, "Man, I want some Budweisers and some Papa Johns. I'm gonna yeah. get drunk for two days afterward." Woo! Piss off. Yeah. Piss off. Yeah, Tom Brady never would have done that. I hate Tom Brady. No, but I despise Tom Brady. No, he too. he absolutely he would have done he would have done something very similar because all these athletes all of a sudden were mad that athletes have endorsements. It's no different. And listen, oh, no, 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 no. It's no different than one of these fancy haircuts going up there at the end of the World Cup with nine logos plastered <laughs> all over their chest and being like, Yeah, the team played hard. Popping the jersey with that's different. Fly it is di- no, the it is different. If Richard Sherman pulled that, maybe he like maybe he Richard Sherman pulled that same thing, he'd be a hundred thousand dollar fine right now. Well, that's you know why that is. We're not going to get into it here on the show, but you know damn well why. It does. I mean, it's not there's right. A different my, standard my he would have been fine. There's a different. Dude's got. Dude's got nationwide commercials. Dude's got like SNL appearances. Dude's got Papa John's. Dude's got Budweiser advertisements. We already know you're in every commercial. Yeah. You couldn't just make this one moment about football. You know. So weird. if Budweiser offered you the money, you would have said no. I'm not already under contract by millions of people where I have enough money to make that kind of decision. If you, you if I had the contracts, that why can't you Manning, just say go home and have a beer too? That's, yeah, why I did mean, you have to specifically name the brand? Who knows what his contract looks like? 
Who Who's knows what his contract NFL looks has like? very specific things of in-game and after-game interview systems. Like, Kaepernick can't wear Beats headphones during his own interview in his locker room because they have a specific endorsement yeah, deal with Bose. Right. You that's can't right. be shown right. with an iPad at your press conference. You have to be using the Microsoft Surface. Like, sure. NFL has specific beer deals, i.e. Coors Light, Bud Light, all those type of things. Right. They do not want you talking about your personal endorsements that aren't in tow with the company line. That's the argument, a The argument now is that the NFL has got a beef with Budweiser? No, 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 no. no. It's just that another player would have been suspended and more criticized than Manning. King Probably. Probably would have got fined. Yeah. They're not going to find him, certainly, no, because it's... They're not going to do anything. No, they're not they're, going to do anything. They're not the going to piss They're not going to stop him for right getting there. HGH sent to his house, so yeah. why would they stop him about talking about Budweiser? This is the ultimate thing, the though, scumbag. that can finally take down the corruption of the NFL and the witch hunt against my man Tom Brady is that if something comes back on on Man, uh, Manning, if people look at it, the perspective of you with the advertisements and the endorsements, the way the NFL is just a freaking... That whole spectacle of the weekend is just nothing, a goddamn Nothing travesty. is going to come from the HGH thing because they're not going to pursue it. They're not even going to talk about Lewis. it Ray Lewis is, he's, He murdered a man and possibly took steroids before his last game, yet he's, has, he's on contract for ESPN to talk <laughs> about football. True. I said that. Hate on the Patriots I said that week. in a bar. When we, when I, I've told the story, I think, before. I'll tell it real quick. When the, when the Ravens won their second Super Bowl, and Ray Lewis won the Super Bowl right before he left, uh, I was at Carmine's. It was Super Bowl Sunday. There was nobody there except a couple guys who had been dragged there with their wife. Must have been on vacation, right? So they're all gathered around the one TV at Carmine's. And they're all watching it, and they're watching it, and Ray Lewis is celebrating with the trophy, and they're like, hey, man, you know, gotta say, that guy, he's been around for a long time. It's crazy that he won the title like yeah. this. And I was standing right behind him, and I went, yeah. Hey, remember when he killed that guy? <laughs> and everybody looked at me like I was crazy, but I was like, no. So you, so you don't remember when he... <laughs> funny he killed how that, that works. Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I guess, I don't know. Have you have any takes on this game? Any thoughts? Uh, n- no. The game, the game itself was awful. It was terrible, much like a lot of football is awful and terrible. Um, it's a nice excuse to get the people together, I suppose, although we're not running short no. of those these days. You know what, though? Not for nothing. We had a Royal Rumble party less than three weeks ago. Like two last weeks week, ago? Two, last yeah, week? Two, yeah, we're not very long ago. People who came over here who don't watch wrestling were more entertained by the Royal Rumble than they were by the Super Bowl, standing behind my argument that if you scripted these events, they'd be more exciting to watch. The most exciting right? thing was essentially the scripted plug for Budweiser. <laughs> the scripted right? plug for Budweiser <laughs> was the best part you of the know, show. Um, and Cam Newton's taken a lot of heat afterwards because he walked out of his presser. Um, and it's just funny how he's catching heat for not saying anything. Young, uh, uh, centric quarterback, 26 years old, number yeah. one pick. He gets up and walks out of a presser. He's catching hell. But someone <laughs> sticks around and, like, for him not speaking, he's catching more heat than what other players were saying during the thing. It's just a very that's crazy, a better Z. Well, that's you know why story. that is. It's just people. The same reason Richard Sherman Newman, yeah. would have been fined, but Peyton Manning is not. You know why that is. And yeah. Again, I'm not going to say no, it. No, and it's not even all of, of essentially that. I mean, there's a lot to it, and there's a, um, a lot of that. That's a general consensus type of deal. Um, but I mean, those guys were two complete polar, different, opposite people, uh, Newton and, and Manning. And just from, I mean, a complete spectrum of life and, uh, you couldn't have two more different guys so to put them on the same pedestal, like how they would act. I've never, I've never understood. You always catch people, um, in stuff like that Cam Newton thing or in stuff like, you know, different touchdown celebrations when Richard Sherman was yelling on TV, when you see different, like 
basketball players doing whatever, you know, people flipping bats when they're done. And all these people get incredulous, like, man, that, you know, I'll use Cam Newton, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, man, that Cam Newton, like, what a jerk, like, what a punk, this and that. He's not a class act, this and that. Everybody gets so offended. What do you think any of these athletes owe you? Mm -hmm. Why do you, like, what is your opinion about, oh, well, he handled that in a classless way? What what do you care? Like, they played the game. These people owe you nothing. If you get that upset about the way some athlete acts in a press conference, you need to get a hobby, go hug your kids, do something. And not for nothing. If you're a professional athlete, your entire life has been spent, revolved around one thing. Being the best at this one specific sport yeah. or skill. And then mm-hmm. everyone telling you how every, great you yeah, are. <laughs> so for a guy like Cam Newton, it's got to be a tough pill to swallow to try that hard, to take this team and break them to 15-1, and one, to be dominating in the playoffs, to have kind of a letdown game. You could tell they were shook, too. You could tell game. they were they shook. shook. They certainly were. And it's got to be disheartening for him yeah. to sit here and answer questions like, hey, you've had a great year. What happened tonight? How? Why did you screw yeah. this up? Like, I... Well, There's all, no, no chance that I wouldn't be a jerk. We if all I had hey, to, uh, remember when you lost? Yeah, yeah right. We all know you the mean? fix. The fix was in. So <laughs> the fix was certainly. Um, it in. doesn't even. Cam, listen. It wasn't you. It's this Peyton ride. You. There was nothing you literally could have done. You couldn't even flown a spaceship from one field the side of the field to the other because you still would have lost somehow. Conspiracy theories are strong <laughs> with this one. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to Von Miller and the Denver Broncos defense yep. for dragging the corpse of Peyton Manning through 60 minutes of football where he didn't have you know to what? do anything. And congratulations to all the Denver fans, the ones who have been fans forever, the ones who are Johnny-come-lately bandwagon hoppers. Yeah. You know the there. funny... <laughs> so the uh, congrats to all the fans. No, no, there's people who have been fans forever, then there's people who are Johnny-come-lately bandwagon hoppers. Yeah, they live there's, in Denver. Uh, <laughs> the true winner of the, the Super Bowl, though, I think, has to be Von Miller. That guy has been a disaster of a human between suspensions, drugs, driving out licenses, like fake <laughs> urine, like all these type of weird things. And guess what? Everyone has now just forgotten all about that because he's the guy two weeks in a row who traced Brady and, and Newton around and he's coming up on a contract year. Like how funny is that that some NFL team based on this is going to give him boatloads of cash mm. and forget about all the other stuff that he's hey, been speaking, barely able to stay on the field for. Speaking real quick of double, because uh, we were talking about double standards and why some athletes get treated a different way for certain ways they act, get fined differently what we were saying. Did anybody notice in all this press with Johnny Manziel uh, probably getting caught from his team, acting like a maniac, out there doing drugs, probably beat his girlfriend, have you heard anybody in the media or anybody anywhere call Johnny Manziel a thug? No. Uh, Food for thought. You haven't. You haven't specifically heard the word thug. Well, I guess they don't call him a thug, but there are serious concerns from people... Like I, I don't think he's yeah. like, no no I guess not like flying around. The question no no yeah. the, the question's not about Johnny Manziel at all. I I have you heard anybody call him a thug specifically? Oh, the God. word thug. Worse though. You have it. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. Yeah, because the Johnny Manziel thing of him being like having an alcohol problem, I guess, yeah. is the the domestic polite way issues, domestic violence yeah. issue. Like Johnny Manziel has done nothing in the NFL to justify the amount of coverage he gets, right? Like, his entire Mm -hmm. basis for getting coverage is that he is a train wreck, right? So I, it's weird. I'm glad you actually brought that up because, like, the Cam Newton thing with, you know, whether we're looking at this as, are we looking at this as a race issue, right? That's what we're getting around. Yes. Yeah, right, that's obviously Mm -hmm. what we're getting at. If his name was Jamarcus Manziel, it would be an entirely different story. No shit. 
No shit. If Cam oh, Newton, that was two swear words, and you already used your <laughs> no, swear sorry, word. Yeah. That's three. Sorry. Now so, me and Parkinson have none. <laughs> sorry, guys. I had a good swear <laughs> saved up too. I guess my because like, if Cam Newton, if you put Cam Newton in Johnny Manziel's shoes, he would have been cut from the team and gone from the NFL, and nobody would even be talking about it anymore. Mm. Like, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so that's a bigger issue with the NFL. They can mm. wor- they can pile that on the list of things they can. Uh, they can worry about after concussions and treating yep. women like crap. I'm just happy we can finally focus people, so. on the NBA season. Yes. Thanks for very excited. Yes, that's true. I have one over-under that's related to last night's uh, show, and it was sent in by good friend of the pod, Marcellus Dyer. Uh, overrated, underrated, after her performance last night, Beyonce. I mean, geez. It's a tough question. I am going to stick with just... I've just never been a fan. I don't know if I would say it's overrated or I just I don't really give a shit. I don't I don't see there's my swear, sorry. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't care for the music. I'm a I know Rihanna fan. I but. know what I would say. Well that's that's cause she's better. Um, <laughs> no, I know I know what I know what I would say. Uh, I stay I said this last night when we were on the live cast, I will say it again. I will have this conversation with anybody at any time, not to necessarily take anything away from Beyonce. I'm not saying she's trash. Beyonce is Possibly the number one most overrated human being on the planet Earth. That might be exactly. Beyonce right. is desperately overrated, and it's a really, really weird cultural phenomenon. Overrated. It's it's that catch though. It's like Madonna had that run where she was like anything she could. She couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? And she she did. She was a little nuts. But I mean, there, there's those runs. Michael Jackson kind of had. That. I don't know how or when like Beyonce fit into that. Like Beyonce, iconic. I've like skipped that whole train. I've never like experienced like. It's oh my not gosh, about. She's amazing. It's not yeah, about Beyonce. It's not about Beyonce what she does. She's become a talisman for people. It's about what Beyonce represents to people. It's mm. not about her what she puts out, what she does, who she is as a person. It's about what people have allowed her to represent to them it has nothing to do with her as a performer, artist, anything yeah, like that. I'm just I not think, into it. I think there was a point in time when the argument was that she was underrated, right? When she was put, when she put out that self-titled album that she dropped out of nowhere and was just like crushing music. When Single Ladies came out, that whole album worth of hits, like she could do no wrong. And when you watch her perform, she is very professional. Like she's very, it's very clearly someone who's been doing this her whole life and finds it to be sure. incredibly natural. I thought her performance last night was probably the most fascinating of the three I saw. I thought her and Bruno kind of went, her and Bruno Mars had a thing that was sort of in the same vein. I felt like the Coldplay, I'm not even going to knock on Coldplay, um, I just felt like it seemed like a weird conglomeration of people. That being said, I do think that unless we start hearing more new music from Beyonce, and I guess last night was a new song, right? That was a new track. Like she premiered a new song last night, which is a good move because I think honestly, up until new music comes out, she's kind of riding on the like the coast of the wave down, the drunken right? Drunken in love stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Like 100%. so, I guess really it depends. She is, mm, I hate saying accurately, right? I'm gonna say she's underrated. Because the general consensus now is that, like, she's just sort of resting on her laurels, right? Among who? Because I get looked at like I'm going to be decapitated when I say in any kind of company that Beyonce is overrated. I have a hard time picking another female, another female performer who's better than her right now. Taylor Swift, not even close. She actually, uh, there, there's, there's a composition yeah. to a performance aspect of it that, like, Beyonce's perfect Perf- for the Super Bowl where she can just, like, dance and, like, sing and what stuff do you, like What that. do you mean? Coldplay had a real hard time at any Super Bowl. I've said this before. To play live music at Nobody's large playing spectrum. live music. Exactly. I think Beyonce had the better draw of Coldplay because she can just dance around. Coldplay had to, like, pretend to, like, play instruments. That's got to be pretty difficult. It's not. 
I'm going to throw that out there. It's no, not very hard. Um, it's honestly, it's, it's, very easy. <laughs> it's very easy. Uh, no, I have a hard time saying she's underrated because she's really done nothing that I don't like. Like, everything I ever see her do, I'm always kind of impressed with her. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, she's, she's great. Like, maybe I'm getting bored of saying how talented she is, but until she does something that I'm like, nah, I, I have to say underrated. This is, like, going to come off way the wrong way, and I don't mean it that way. Great. How much does Jay-Z factor into... Her just phenomenon. Like, do you do you think she? People, I mean, she yes. was on the grow, eh. but the, is there an, uh not because like the you know yes not in any sort of sexist way. It, but, uh, what no, is no. Having him kind of just it helped being people, her guy kicking people out his like, kid like that just kind of keeps you in the people like the idea of I think especially when it was forming people are interested in the idea of this very powerful couple. Yeah. First, couple and I don't think I don't really, think yeah. I don't think that's the root of people's weird obsession with her. But I don't think that yeah, it hurts. It yeah, it I don't think I don't think it hurts her exposure. I don't think it hurt her getting the best songwriters yeah. to write the songs Just that the, she's singing over. You know what I mean? All like, the yeah. PR, I don't think all the marketing. Yeah, too, I don't like, think that that un, hurt unlimited. Money. I don't think that the marketing department or her record label looked at that and weren't like, "Yeah, we could use this to help raise <laughs> yeah. her profile." She's got a very very smart marketing team who are doing a lot. Of, even like the buzz and hype you see on the internet, like you know. BuzzFeed, the 23 reasons why Beyonce is everything. That's her publicity team yeah. who's doing that. You right. know, like make no mistake about it. That's what a lot of it is. She's got a really smart marketing team. She's a she is a very talented singer. She's a talented artist. Not to take anything away from her. People act like she's the greatest thing since sliced bread music. Absolutely. Here's not. the hotter take. If you guys had her budget, would the blueprint be as big as Beyonce? No, no if I had her if I had her budget, I'd live far away and never talk to anybody. Oof. Ever again. If we had that kind of budget back in the day, we would have dropped out of the band and just kept the money. I feel <laughs> all like we were, all right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move let's on. Just, uh, so thanks again to uh, Marcellus. Good question. Good over-under. Thanks for sending that in. Remember, folks, you can send in questions, uticast at gmail.com. Uh, I actually have another question that was sent in this week. Definitely not made up. Definitely really from my cousin Joe. Certainly not made up by me. Uh, and this is a question regarding breaking up with people you're friends with. Hey guys, Cousin Joe here. <laughs> uh, recently, I broke up with a girl who was friends with my group of friends. Now I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my group of friends in the breakup. What should I do? Well, Cousin Joe, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what else to tell you. That will be the way it is. That's not to say your friends won't be your friends, but your friends have, have chosen a side and it's not yours, Joe. Unfortunately, um, that's why you should do the best you can. Anybody you're ever dating, try not to introduce them to anybody that you know. (laughs) That's a bigger issue, I guess, with... I guess the point you're making, though, is when you... You have to be careful dating inside of your circle of friends in the first place. Uh, We've always talked about, you know, in our private life, I would always prefer to date somebody who no one I know is cognitive of. That doesn't really exist here because it's a smaller town. This does exist. Do I know Cousin Joe? Yeah, you met Cousin Joe. You did, yeah. Over Christmas. Over Christmas. You actually legitimately met Cousin Joe over Christmas. Oh. Anyway, uh, the point I'm getting at is, though... Are you trying to backdoor it and say that this situation sounds awfully familiar to you? No, no. Oh, I wasn't No, well, this... I think... I don't know if it was more closer This is a situation that happened to me, though. Uh, When I was in high school, I was... uh, was, I guess even before high school, it was middle school, probably. I was Mm -hmm. in Donovan Middle School, and I had a group of friends, and we were young, and I was dating a girl who went to a different school. 
and she had a bunch of female friends who all went to that different school. So when me and this girl broke up, she'd already made friends with all of my, my Donovan friends, and we'd already made friends with all the New Hartford girls. Who do you think my male friends are going to take sides with? All the attractive women from another school? Or their one sad punk rocker nerd mushroom cut eyeglasses friend who's lame and sad? Certainly they're going to go with the women. And I was, I was hurt at the time. I felt, you know, I felt abandoned. So I, you know, started playing guitar and being a sad boy, and I met Kevin. Uh, but that's the, <laughs> it's not true. It's not how it happened. But what I'm saying is I was very offended at the time. I felt like my friends had abandoned me. But in reality, the only ones who abandoned me are the ones who I didn't end up being friends with uh, going forward. So in a situation like this, I guess the best thing is realize that it will play itself out no matter what happens, and just try to be the bigger person. Yeah, and because, you know, anybody, you know, there will be people who aren't going to stick with you. There, most of the girls in your group of friends will probably stick together. Girls tend to be pretty good about girl powering in situations like that. Um, and you will have a lot of guy friends who aren't going to want to not talk to your ex and her friends and everything like that because a lot of your guy friends are less than reputable human beings who... Would probably take the opportunity if it was offered to him, as that is to say. So all you're really going to yep. do is watch the situation, watch how it goes, and stick with the people that stick with you, Cousin Joe. That's all you can do, man. What the hell is going on here? Is this like yeah, we're trying to Mr. like Cousin Rogers Joe what's up? or like uh, Springer's final thought type of deal? Like this kind of real Parkinson, if somebody listen, if somebody number one, this is very strange. No, just if, if you just ever get way. your own show, you're allowed to decide what's on it. it just somebody sounds, asked the question. I'm trying to help them out. It felt very after school specialist. That's that's all. It's a good question. Thank you, Cousin Joe, for sending in such a great question. You can send in any questions to us at uticast at gmail.com. <laughs> and then let Parkinson tell you how much of a jerk you are for sending it in. <laughs> well, remember, folks, uh, thank you for listening to us. You can check us out at uticast.com someday. I'm looking at you, Parkinson. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, make sure to check out uh, Woodland Brewery, uh, woodlandbeer.com, Woodland Beer on Twitter. Thank you guys very much. We will be back next week. We will be back next week.